Good morning, this is Sister Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edmund Elder Library. And today as we start reading through Stories of the Supernatural, 70 Present Day Miracles by Barbara Westberg that she compiled. Uh, I know when she was compiling this book, she was asking for stories. And I told her about my mother and she was going to call my mom, but I don't think she ever did. Uh, my mom said she didn't, so it didn't get in this book. So, Sister Westbrook, if you listen to this, nothing against what you did. I'm sure this is going to be a fantastic book. But I just want to tell the one that's closest to my heart, and that's my mom. Uh, a few years ago, my mom had, my mom actually died on the operating table. Um, she had um, a heart attack and had blockage, and uh, they were doing some surgery on her, and my brothers were texting me. I was here in Tennessee and my mom in Ohio. My, uh, my one brother lives in Ohio and he was texting me and saying, the doctor said they did everything they could. I'm like, what do you mean they did everything? There's always an option or that they had used up all their options. And I remember praying and asking God, please, Lord, help the doctors to think of something, bring something, you know, to their mind or work something out. I was praying this when I got another text or a call, it might have been a call at that time, said um, the doctors had met together and one of them had said that they had read about something in one of the medical journals. They'd never done it before, but it was about using a, uh, a pig valve and um, was able to save a patient. So they tried that on my mom and it worked. See, there's always another option. It's a miracle. But there was there's quite a few miracles um, associated with my mother, but I really wish that my mom could have had it written in the book because it would have had dates and more details. Now I'm just telling off the top of my head, and I'm horrible with dates. This has been probably about four or five years ago. And, um, um, oh, I remember at one point when my mom was in the hospital and in so much pain and suffering, I remember I, I was yearning to be with my mother and I wasn't able to be there. And I, um, even though we went, we went two or three times during during the time that she was in the hospital and during her um, physical therapy, we went down there and stayed several weekends. But I, I remember at one point that I was here and she was there, and I remember praying, saying, "Lord, I wish I could be with my mom and all that stuff." And I and I was really worried about her. And I remember that while I was praying, I felt such a peace come over me, and then. Um, I just knew everything was going to be all right. And my mom told me later that an angel came to her room. In her room, she said, she said, an angel came to my room, but I didn't, um, I could just see from neck down. And I said, was it me? And she goes, no, it was a man. And, um, but I know it was me. I know it was me because our angels are neither male nor female. And and I couldn't see in the room. See, the head wasn't there, so I couldn't see in the room. But that peace I felt, I was with my mom and my spirit. God was with us both. And God can be where we can't be. And I just praise God for that. I praise God for that. Perhaps it's not in this book because maybe I'm supposed to be writing my own. Maybe I'm supposed to be writing my own book about the miracles. Because God, each and every day, His blessings are so it's so real. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so I know as we're reading through this book by Sister Westberg, I know we're going to be touched in many ways. And knowing that God 
He is still working mighty miracles, touching many people, doing the things, the supernatural, and that's what she called it, stories of the supernatural, things that's happened in our lifetime. I'm going to read page one, which is some of the, um, some things that people wrote about this. It said, this book soothed my soul so much. It truly is a reminder of the faithfulness and compassion of God to his people by Carrie Lee. Many want to return to the book of Acts in the first century church. Not me. Why? Every miracle and so much more recorded in the 28 chapters of Acts in about 30 years of church history is happening daily with the present day church. Miracles of supply, healing, deliverance, and salvation abound as waves of God's grace and power flood the earth. Barbara Westberg and her many contributors confirm what I've known all along. Look what God is doing today, not yesterday and not hundreds of years ago. Claim your miracle today. Barbara and friends will increase your faith. Jim Poitras. Stories of the Supernatural, 70 day. 70 present day miracles is just what my soul needed to end the uncertain roller coaster year of 2020. The same God who parted seas and raised the dead when he walked on this earth is the same God who heals our loved ones, rescues the drug addicted teenager, provides jobs for desperate fathers, and so much more. Barbara Westbrook has given us faith building treasure in this beautiful com- compilation of stories. I am excited to share it with my children. I cannot wait to watch their eyes and expressions when we hear about ordinary people receiving extraordinary miracles. The world and its cynicism have a way of chipping away at our ability to believe the supernatural. However, Barbara's book is going to be a valuable tool in helping us reinforce his word and combat the notion that miracles are a thing of the past. Is there anything my God cannot do? Pebble Wisdom. She's the pastor's wife. Stories of the Supernatural, 70 Present-Day Miracles, page 3. Stories of the Supernatural, 70 70 Present-Day Miracles, a chronicle of miracles as seen and heard by faithful witnesses, recorded so the generation to come will know, by Barbara Westberg, edited by Carrie Lee, cover designed by Jennifer Short. That's page 5. And then page 6 is the copyright page in the ISBN. And then page 7 is dedicated to Orrin Wayne, Huntley Mitchell, Holly and Irina, and their generation. And those three names right there, those are um, her grandchildren. And those are her grandchildren, um, Jeffrey and um, <laughs> can't think of Ka- Caitlin. Jeffrey and Caitlin, which are Paul and Lori's um grandchildren and I guess it'd be her great-grandchildren yeah these would be sister Westbrook's great-grandchildren we will not hide them from their children showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done that the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born who should arise and declare them to their children Psalm 78 5 and 6 and um these are her great-grandchildren but they're also my cousins let's see Paul and Lori Paul is my mom's sister's boy paul is my cousin he married Lori westberg which is sister barbara westberg's daughter and so uh, then paul and Lori had three children jeffrey mitchell and melody and jeffrey married caitlin and these were their three <laughs> orrin wayne and then they had twins huntley and holland and so um, got twins in the family 
So anyway, okay, page nine is, a, is the contents page. Oh, so it's page 10 and page 11. Then page 12 is acknowledgments. Page 13 is introduction. And I, I probably should read that, but I, I'm not going to. I'm going to start page 15, A Knock at the Door, as told by Cesar Velez. Knock, knock. What was that? Nine-year-old Caesar jerked awake and peered into the darkness. He could not see a thing, but he heard someone knocking at the apartment door. Fear froze him. Knock, knock. Who was knocking in the middle of the night? Why weren't his parents checking? Was it the police again? Curiosity overcame fear. The little boy shoved back the blanket and swung his feet onto the cold tile floor. Silently, he crept down the dark hall. Light outlined the living room door frame. Were the police outside shining a searchlight on the door? Carefully, Caesar lifted the slats on the blind covering the window beside the door. Peeping out, he saw a man dressed in brilliant white. The light radiating from him blinded Caesar. He could not make out any facial features, but he knew when the man turned and looked deep into his soul. A presence like he had never felt before flooded the room. Caesar fell to the floor, weeping. For four or five hours, the little boy lay there, sobbing out fear, anger, and hurt. His tears released a longing that his nine-year-old mind could not vocalize. As an indescribable presence surrounded him, as Friday's dawn awoke, the little boy blew his nose and crept back to bed. His parents and siblings had slept through the long night. Fast forward ten years. It was the late evening in the park of Alamogordo, New Mexico. Tension was tight. The air cracked with profanities. The drug deal had gone down. A gun was pointed at Caesar's head. Click, click, nothing. The, ga- the gun malfunctioned. Let's get out of here, Caesar shouted to his druggy buddy. Soaked with sweat and gasping for breath, he burst into his family's apartment in the projects. He collapsed on the mangy sofa. His heart was still hammering against his chest while when his bubbling sisters breezed into the apartment. Why, Caesar, what's wrong with you? He sat up and hid his face in his hands, trying to calm his trembling. He did not answer. The girl's countenance sobered. Caesar, we prayed for you tonight at church. An alarm sounded in his brain. That's why the gun didn't go off. A wake-up call. It was time to get right with God. He knew where to go. He remembered hearing people worshiping as he dealt drugs in the alley behind the church. It was the church his sisters attended. When Caesar walked into Peace Tabernacle, he felt something that he had not felt for 10 years. It was the same presence that filled the room the night when he was nine years old. Love drew him. Love accepted him as he was. Multiple piercing, shaved head, baggy clothes, chains clanking, both both physically and spiritually. Love changed him. A few months later, Caesar was baptized in Jesus' name. As he came out of the water, Jesus spoke to him. Before I knocked, but you did not open the door. This time you opened the door and I have entered. At this writing, Caesar Velez celebrates 20 years drug-free. He has a beautiful family, a profitable occupation, and a ministry reaching others who are responding to the knock at their heart's door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. Revelation 3 and 20. So that concludes our first story out of the book. Well, I know this is going to be great. It's already touched my heart, and I can feel the presence of the Lord. God is so good. He is knocking at heart's doors. Oh, I pray that many open up their heart and let him come in. What a mighty time of revival. And we are seeing the book of Acts Church all over again. God is doing great things. Well, God bless you all. As we continue to point others to the cross, you all have a great day. Bye-bye.